Hi, welcome to Adopted Feels with Hannah and Ryan, a podcast about anything and everything adoption related, brought to you by two Korean adoptees from Melbourne, Australia. So this is part two of our conversation on relationships and dating. Today we are talking about how we fumble through situations where the way that we are seen by others comes into tension with who we are and or how we view ourselves. We introduce a bunch of fun acronyms and terms like the adoptee closet. What even is that? What what is that? (laughs) Or the white adoptee closet, the WAC, uh, and WMAF. Which is in Urban Dictionary, actually. So it's completely legit. Um, So notepads out. (laughs) Kids. It's a bit hard to put all this simply. So let's just get into it. Okay, actually, before we start, I need to talk to you about something that has been consuming me. Oh. (laughs) Or at least consuming my time. Do tell. (laughs) Bitmoji. I literally wasted hours of my life creating my Bitmoji. Like, it's a... It's... But Ryan, those... <laughs> no, I don't think you've wasted that time at all because your Bitmoji looks so much like you. You've set a, a crazy high standard for when I create my Bitmoji. You don't know how many different noses I had to cycle through. Really? And eyes and eye, like, like gaps between my eyes and my nose and like... Oh, wow, it's that specific. It is. Yeah, but you did a really, really good job. When I first saw your Bitmoji before I knew what they were, I was like, oh my god, you like, where did you find these stickers that look exactly like you? I'm actually like, I cannot wait to grow more facial hair so that I can change my Bitmoji. <laughs> because like, the even the, what's it, you know, the, the five o'clock shadow, what is that called? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, so like the lowest, like bare minimum facial hair option on Bitmoji is like far too hairy for me. Oh, like, Okay. I look like a newborn, like, my face. <laughs> but maybe, like, they don't have enough, like, different gradients of facial hair options. They have lots of facial hair options. Oh, it's okay. It's just that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, it's been it's been taking away too much of my time. And Yours is honestly, so cute. I'm, like, looking forward to the weather getting cooler so I can, like, change the clothes on my bitmoji like it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> i feel like you've done such a good job that we should share your bitmoji somehow on instagram so people can see how accurate it is all right anyway <laughs> so the other day i was in an italian restaurant one of those like new hipster italian restaurants in carlton um, <laughs> as you do. And I was with my white male best friend. And then I just had that moment where I like look around in the restaurant and realize that I'm surrounded by a bunch of WMAF couples. So white male, Asian female couples who are like really common in Melbourne. So common that I've actually, believe it or not, had this experience before when I'm out, like, with my best friend or, like, I don't know, with another white guy. And I just feel like such a cliche in those moments. Like, even even if I'm not, like, yeah, even if I'm just, yeah, with a friend. Yeah. Do you feel, like, the need to demonstrate to others that you're not a couple? I feel like even... I could try, but I feel like it would be futile. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, so because I feel like that? we're so strongly read that way. Mm. Yeah, because 
it's such a common pairing these days. I think I think I've read somewhere that it's actually it's like the most common form of interracial couple. That's not oh, surprising. Yeah. Is that like in Australia or I think that was like a US statistic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just like I don't even bother fighting it. I mean I don't know how I would fight it anyway. And I feel like it's the same actually sometimes unfortunately when I'm out with my white dad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't know, like, say, taking the train, um, taking the train together, f- like, coming from a football game or something, mm-hmm. like, being surrounded by, like, you know, just, I don't know, very Aussie Australian guys or, like, families. And then it might be the two of us because, like, you know, mum didn't want to come or whatever. And anyway, it's a bonding yeah. thing that I do with my dad sometimes. That's cute. We go watch Carlton lose. <laughs> and we like go home in like bad mood anyway so um, what a great bonding experience yeah. <laughs> I like genuinely kind of like it anyway that's getting off topic but um, yeah or like the other day I happened to run into a supermarket with my dad and then like we were kind of like I was just buying like, some stuff and then like my dad was coming with me like through the checkout yeah. and yeah, and the like supermarket assistant was like, "Oh, are you, are you guys like together?" Yeah, and so I had to say like, "Yeah," because we, you know, we we're anyway, like I was just like paying for all the stuff. Yeah. But then I realized it kind of sounded like I wonder in moments like that what she thought like whether if we were some kind of like what together meant. Yeah, and just how we appear like as, especially as as I get older, I think mm-hmm. I think it's even worse. That, yeah. that maybe we appear like some kind of old, like white sugar daddy and like uh, right yeah well because you just said the the term sugar daddy I was gonna ask like would it help if you're like hey dad <laughs> but maybe <laughs> I don't know it's like because my dad's kind of quiet and then I just both of us were just like yeah like like as yeah we're, we're together going through this checkout together yeah and then it was just silence then like the checkout assistant was just silent and then we just and it's I feel like it would be really awkward if I said actually yeah we're together yeah this is this is my dad I'm adopted like what am I gonna <laughs> say like am I gonna say all of that you know it's just yeah so because it's yeah it's on me to s- explain it if I want to avoid the awkwardness yeah it's yeah. like exp- it, it's like I perk up and explain it <laughs> or just kind of like endure the awkwardness yeah yeah anyway i mean i definitely had that especially when i was younger living in asia with my parents like if my dad and i were out together when i was like 18 and above Mm. definitely like there's that fear that people are just gonna think that i'm my dad's partner and like that like people explicitly asked you know if i'm like my dad's wife like really in restaurants or airports or whatever if it's just the two of us or if, you know, my sister and my dad and I are out and my mom's not there. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure it's, like, incredibly awkward for my dad as well. But just, I think, yeah, that kind of cliche of younger Asian woman with older white man, especially in certain areas, you know, just, it just means that you have to, yeah, I guess decide whether or not you're going to, <laughs> to explain or push back against that. But then you have yeah. no control over that, right? Because that is just so the way that 
that that pairing is perceived, like you were saying. Yeah, and it feels so awkward to try and, like, push back against that. It feels, like, forced, right? I mean, how yeah. would you even... Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> even having, like, you're already kind of looking out for it and then having to combat it. It's just, like, it's, like, a lot of labor, you know, that falls on... Yes. Falls on you. And so, because your sister is your parents' biological daughter, yeah. so she actually looks like your dad's daughter. Yeah. She looks... Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you don't. No. Yeah. I think even now, I'm probably, you know, in those situations less and less where, you know, we're with just our dads out in public. But I had, like, an awkward and, like, pretty infuriating thing happen to me where I was, like, returning these, like, cups and stuff that my sister had borrowed for her wedding. Right. So I was returning them with my dad, like, helping him carry these boxes of mugs and glasses and stuff back to yeah. the catering place. And um, so I'm, like, helping unload the car. Mm. And the woman who runs the company is like, you know, looking at the inventory, just checking that all the cups are there and whatever. And so I'm like helping like bring in all these boxes, right? And then I finish bringing in the boxes and I'm just standing next to my dad. Yeah. And the woman like looks at me and like shoes me away with her hand and says, that's enough. Thank you. You can go now. And I don't think my dad really noticed what happened, but it was just one of those situations where you're like, either I'm like, you know, screw you. First of all, you should even, you like, you don't even know what your employees look like. And second of all, you're making all these assumptions about who I am and how I could possibly be with my dad. It was just another one of those situations where you're like, do I even bother? Or do I just like, you know, but I feel like those things are just so common. They just... You know, when you're younger, especially. I feel like that experience as well is also a bit degrading on top of everything else. Like, did you... <laughs> I was just wondering, like, yeah, how well, you felt like, in that moment. Yeah, like, infuriating. I was really, mm. like... But it's just continuous, I think, with those other experiences where... Because you don't look like you're meant to be... Yeah. You know? Um, and especially now, I guess, that, uh, that people look at me and think I'm a man, then they're also like, it looks, you know, they don't, they don't think that I'm my father's wife, <laughs> but they don't think that I could be my father's son, right? Right, so yeah. It's, it's like that all over again. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you tell me more about the WMAF cliche? Whether I'm with um, a white male friend or a white date, not only do I feel like an Asian Australian cliche (laughs) as a woman, I also kind of feel like an adoptee cliche because most adoptees, um, at least living here in Australia, date white people, which we've kind of mentioned, and actually... There's even been some sociological research done that is quoted by Kim Park Nelson in her book, Invisible Asians, where um, the researchers interviewed a bunch of adoptees and most of the adoptees, these, these are Korean adoptees in the US, thought of white people as like their natural partners. Right. And I guess that's just because we've been socialised as white and we think of ourselves as white so yeah i also feel like kind of an adoptee cliche when i'm part of this like wmaf couple whether perceived or real (laughs) (laughs) and 
And also, I think there's a third thing that's going on. Um, I think somehow in the last 10 to 15 years, um, because WMAF couples have become so common, mm. at least in a city like Melbourne, I feel that somehow, like, the desirability of Asian women has um, increased compared to say like how I felt back in high school and so I have this kind of like internal guilt somehow going on that Asian women are um, now perceived as more desirable or attractive when I know that things are still like not there yet at all for Asian men yeah so so the guilt comes from feeling that imbalance between the perceived like attractiveness of Asian women versus Asian men. Yes, because I know, yes, because it's so gendered that WMAF couples are so common, whereas the reverse, the, uh, oh shit, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's much more of a mouthful. (laughs) Asian male, white female (laughs) partnership is um, still relatively rare. Perhaps changing amongst the younger generation, for sure, but... Yeah, still much more rare. I think the, um, the being socialized as white, you know, like Tobias Hubinet has written a lot on that. Yeah. Um, it brings up that really interesting idea of kind of like of a white closet, which I think we've talked about yeah. before. A white adoptee closet. <laughs> um, okay, so I think the idea of a closet is about you know, being in denial about something or wanting to hide something and not talk about it, not deal with it. So it relates, I guess, both to being um, an Asian adoptee and kind of wanting to just fit in and be be seen as white and also being adopted. So it's like both of those things are really um, integral to your identity, but it's like I think at growing up we prefer like not to deal with them and just to like push them to the back of our minds and... Because they're markers of difference. Yeah, I think so. And then... And also, they're both really confronting things to start to deal with. Like if you've been socialised as white and Mm. then you start to slowly kind of explore Asian culture and embrace an Asian identity, then that's a big process. And then I think also to more consciously come to terms with being adopted when it's like something that you haven't necessarily been talking about much with your family and friends or, Mm. you know, it's just not something that you've been really exploring then that's also a big thing to think about you know and like starting to think about whether you want to do a birth family search and things like that mm-hmm. um yeah so did that all did that make sense kind of the whole <laughs> closet metaphor yeah i think it goes back to that i guess i find it a really interesting thing that you can grow up knowing you're adopted from as long as you can remember and you know to grow up with that knowledge isn't necessarily the same thing as really letting it become a big part of your identity and when that happens maybe that's the kind of out of the closet moment or something where all of a sudden you are letting this kind of take its place as a big part of who you are and how you understand yourself and 
I think it can be really difficult for adoptees to do that. I mean, not just like psychologically, like dealing with like what does it mean to be adopted and like abandonment and you know birth family searching and mm. all of that stuff, but also you know if if we grow up not wanting to see our differences, then coming out of the closet is like emphasizing those differences and saying actually those differences matter and yeah, you know, and that, that has might... repercussions. Like, yes. You know, with adoptive family, for instance, or exactly. I think it might make people feel uncomfortable or at least surprised to um, you know, hear hear you talking about things that were never discussed before. And yeah, I think one of the interesting things about coming out of the white closet, at least for me, is that I think then you start to more critically question your dating preferences. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're not just simply like your preferences based on like your personal experience, but you see them more clearly as like, I think as yeah, a product of your, of your upbringing and, and a product of racial messages from the media and like, you know, representation mm. of Asian men and women. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before, yeah, I think I completely understand. It's like, you see yourself as white. So yeah, you think of whites as your natural partners, and it's Just as simple like a, as that. Like you're not, you naturally gravitate toward you know people that you think are the best or most suitable partners for you. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you think to yourself, oh, I'm just like, yeah, naturally, like physically attracted to white people, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> Do you remember when that started to change for you? Um, I think for all the reasons that we discussed before, yeah, I would kind of, I don't know, maybe notice. Like, maybe even barely notice, like, Asian guys because it's, like, I didn't want to be associated with, like, Asian-ness and, yeah, I didn't see myself as, like, really Asian anyway. But then I think going back to Korea for the first time and and even (laughs) starting to watch Korean dramas. (laughs) Yeah. No shame. (laughs) And... Yeah, noticing, um, I'm like, oh, these, these Korean actors are really cute. Yeah, that was probably um, part of coming out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of... Closets. <laughs> no, Asian male, white female couples. <laughs> and closets. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess I'm... I'm dealing with the optics of being seen as the Asian man and an Asian man-white female couple. Am woof. Am if. <laughs> so much harder to say. That um, must be so uh, trippy. Trippy. Perceived <laughs> that way. Yeah, it's something that has gradually been happening, and something that I'm still. It still kind of surprises me, and I don't really know how I feel about it. Mm. So yeah, there, there's been like this slow shift from being perceived as an Asian woman to being perceived as an Asian man. And because of that, there's also been a shift whereby I used to be perceived as queer, and now I'm perceived as straight. And I think, you know, that's like when I'm with my partner. But also, I think that when people took me to be a woman, I looked quite visibly queer. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like I, I feel like maybe I've lost that a little bit. And that's, yeah. that's also been weird. So it's like, yeah, I'm being seen... I mean, I don't identify as a man, so that that's also a little bit. I don't know. It's all. It's all. Trippy is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. I don't know. Like, I think I'm struggling to figure out how I feel about. You know, do I now benefit from straight privilege? 
So speaking of closets, in a weird way, it's like, I feel like I've been put back in one. Right. You know, because it's like, oh, now I'm not read as queer. Mm. And I'm read as, I think to a lot of people, like a cis man. Yep. who's in a heterosexual relationship and it's like now I'm in a closet that I don't <laughs> you know like and it's just this really weird reversal and on top of that I think there's all that stuff that you were saying earlier definitely about Asian masculinity and Asian men yeah. um, being perceived very differently to Asian women and I think that being in a like being perceived as an Asian man white female couple yeah. is also still it's still not very common and mm. like you know I definitely don't have that experience that you had at the Italian restaurant <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like that yeah. doesn't that doesn't really happen, and no. I think like it's rare enough that I'll notice it if I see another couple that's perceived in the way that I'm perceived. Or do you sometimes even notice like I don't know people looking at you guys when you're out together? Or yeah, definitely. Like I'd noticed an interesting shift when I was like recently on vacation with my partner, and we were like in regional Victoria and regional New South Wales. And um, why would you go there? No, jo- joking. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. Especially after the election that just happened. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like in the past there's less. Maybe because in like regional centers you're not really read as queer. Maybe like my masculinity as someone that people saw as an Asian woman didn't read as queer. You know, it was just like, so like if I was with a partner, I think it would be easy to just kind of like fly under the radar as, a, as friends. Right, right. Whereas like recently going through the country and it was really clear that people were viewing me as an Asian man dating a white woman. Yeah. That was like a very different experience. And that I felt like there were a few times where I felt like hostility. Really? I think it was almost this kind of like, you're dating our women, you know? Like this kind of really gross, like patriarchal kind of masculinity where it was like kind of ownership over white women and like, Mm. you know, there was definitely, yeah, definitely a shift. I mean, we, we definitely stood out as an Asian man, white female couple. Like people would look (laughs) out of their car windows when they drove past and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, so it's like things might be shifting, say, on campus at Melbourne Uni, but like in regional Australia, it's a different story. Hannah, so I know you're about to go traveling um, and you'll be returning to Korea for a while. Yeah. Um, And I'm interested in like what it's like dating as an adoptee in Korea. Yeah, well, kind of non-existent for me. Um, I was living there for almost a year um, and I wasn't like really actively trying to date during that time but I felt like I had less dating options there mm-hmm. like and this this sounds terrible and also obvious but it's like you know Asian women are like sometimes exoticized here and sometimes seen as <sighs> rare or something like you know a more unusual or like digging myself into a hole but it's like obviously like in Korea physically I'm like not at all rare or exoticized I just look like a local yeah yeah um yeah I just find that in Korea like I'm not likely to meet many local Koreans anyway to be honest I'm much more likely just to meet like 
other adoptees or other expats or international students、mm. in general. Yeah, and then I've also heard that it can be harder for Korean adoptee women to date local Korean men than the reverse, than for Korean adoptee men to date local Korean women.、Right. Um, and that's something that Kim Park Nelson also talks about in her book. And I know anecdotally that a lot of,、um, yeah, like a lot of adoptee guys. End up like marrying and settling down with local Korean women. Right. Then the reverse. I only know like maybe one or two examples of the reverse.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think I'm not really sure. Like, there, I think there are various explanations for, for why that is. But yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I just didn't feel like I had that many dating options in Korea <laughs> as like a Korean adoptee who only speaks like. Minimal kind of Korean,、yeah. um, who is very culturally Australian. So that's not really like, I mean, it feels weird to, to be like, how are you exoticized in Australia versus how are you exoticized、yeah. in Korea? <laughs> But that's not, that's not considered interesting or, you know,、um, yeah. for Korean guys? I'm not sure. I've heard that this is just something I've heard that local Korean women maybe are more. Are attracted to the idea of a male partner who is who is Korean but very westernized because then maybe within that relationship they won't have the same traditional expectations and pressures, maybe that that they would have from like a local Korean guy, right? And also, they wouldn't have like a regular like Korean mother in law and like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that.、Ah. Yeah, and that maybe, I don't know, that maybe like these Korean women might be more open to say, like, I don't know, living overseas and adjusting to like a Western culture, leaving、mm. Korea perhaps in the reverse. But all of this is like kind of speculation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've also heard from some adoptee friends living in Korea that Tinder is a bit shit in Korea <laughs> for them. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just say that, yeah, there's just like not many options、wow. on there. Because it's not used as much? I think that's、it? definitely part of it. Yeah, it's not as much of a thing,、right. like dating apps.、Oh, I've、really? heard that Tinder is like trying to、um, really like market itself more in, in Korea as like just a tool for general. Networking. networking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think maybe I traditionally、that. there are other ways of like. Yeah, dating and being set up, maybe, yeah, blind dates, stuff like that in Korea.、Uh, okay. I mean, a lot of my knowledge is honestly from like Korean dramas. It's probably not <laughs> necessarily that accurate. Actually, the Korean drama that I just finished, Romance is a Bonus Book, it was like full of like really obvious product placement, like a lot of other Korean dramas. For Tinder. Yeah, it had Tinder on、wow. there. Yeah, but in that example,、yeah. like the male character was using it. To like meet someone in a similar professional field and join some kind of like study group. It wasn't for a date. And so that, that yeah, right.、So、it wasn't, wasn't ultimately like a euphemism or anything. It was like. No, it was actually. Was yeah,、there. it was like there was another character that was like, that got jealous because she assumed it was like just a regular date.、Mm-hmm. But then the way that 
yeah, the storyline unfolded. It was, it was for networking, and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense with that article I read about mm. promoting Tinder for networking. Actually, maybe Tinder just paid for that whole bloody storyline. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Okay, I think we've gone off topic a bit. So. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to us waffle. We'd love to hear hear your thoughts, as usual, about dating as an adoptee, WMAF couples. Closets of any form. Yes. (laughs) So please email us at adoptedfeels at gmail. And we'll talk about your questions slash comments on the next episode. Yes. Please give us something to talk about (laughs) in the next episode. (laughs) So you just finished Romance is a... Is it Romance is a bonus book? Yeah. It's a weird title, huh? Well, it's a weird English title. Yes, I did. Now I've just started watching Sex Education, which is like... No, it's just um, another show on Netflix... Um, I've only watched two episodes, but, like, I feel like they've kind of drawn me in already in two episodes, which is pretty fast, really. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. A friend recommended it. He, like, watched the whole season, whole first season really quickly, and it's Mm -hmm. been confirmed for a second season. Yeah. I've, like, managed to, like, tell you all of that without actually saying anything specifically about the show, but (laughs) I'm sure a lot of other people watch it. Um, Yeah, basically, like, the the main character is a high school student and his mum is, like, an eccentric kind of a sex therapist. And then somehow he ends up kind of becoming a sex therapist for other people, like giving it sex advice for other kids at his school. Oh, so that's that's basically what's happened so far. And Gillian Anderson plays the sex oh. therapist mom. Oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you watching anything interesting? I just finished Russian Doll. Have you seen that? No, but I feel like, didn't that just come out? Are you judging me? <laughs> Did you like... Did you binge that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it just came out. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Adopted Feels Podcast or on Twitter at Adopted Feels. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes and or support us through our Patreon.